We're going to turn to God's Word now, and if you've got a a Bible with you, we're going to start off in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, three quarters of the way through uh, the Bible, the first book in the New Testament. If you've got one of our church Bibles, that's page 968. If you've got a different Bible, then it will be on a different page, probably. Matthew chapter 4, that should be the same in whatever Bible you've got. Matthew chapter 4, a couple of verses uh, from verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Staggering response, even that when you think about it. That which you rely on for your livelihood. Leave it there, you're now going to follow me. What would your response have been? Probably help or mind your own business or who do you think you are. Wonder what it was, that sense of anointing maybe upon the words of Jesus that created that response. Over in the book of Acts, and Acts chapter 1, page 1092 in, um, in a church Bible. So we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts. Beginning from verse 3. After his suffering, Jesus presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Well, there we go. That's the uh, the background to our theme this evening, which is all about us being infectious. And I dare say, uh, as you think of the word being infectious right now, you may well be thinking of people that are in quarantine because they are infectious and we don't want to have anything to do with them. But let's have a think about maybe people not liking Christians and being put in quarantine because of how infectious we are. It's worthwhile thinking about that by way of challenge about whether or not that would be needed as an absolute necessity to stop ourselves from uh, affecting and infecting other people because of how contagious uh, we may be uh, were in and around our world. Well, let's think about what it is that we have as God's people. 
It's good at the start of a year. Here we are now in February, so I don't know how you're doing in terms of if you're one of those people who's got an idea of where you're going this year, uh, whether or not we're going to lay down things of being a, a trustee, as our good friend Paul has already done. But sometimes at the start of a year, people have what's called New Year's resolutions, don't they? And now I'm not going to ask you whether or not you created your own list. Um, in my own opinion, those are pretty pointless, but I do love the opportunity to think of goals for the year. That gives me 365, 366 days to get it right. Whereas if you have as a New Year's resolution, I'm going to resolve to not do whatever it is, and then you do it on the 4th of January, well, that's it. You've blown it for the year, haven't you? Goals for the year. I wonder whether or not you've thought about that. Members of staff would have certain reviews, wouldn't they, to see how they're going uh, through in a, uh, in a given year, to see if they're on track, if they're doing what they should be doing. If we were given a review for how we're getting on in our, our own Christian life, I wonder what we would say to our uh, divine superiors, how we feel we are doing. Are we doing what we ought to be doing? It's easy, isn't it, to wander off track in the Christian life. We all uh, have that difficulty from time to time, I'm sure. Goals can help us give a focus for the year. But I wonder if you were to ask yourself the question of what your goal is for your life, how would you answer that? What would be the purpose for your life if you had one sentence only? I'm not asking for feedback, but what a challenge in our stages of life to think, okay, if I had one sentence and was asked by a member of my family or a close friend or somebody else at the church, what is your goal for your life or your purpose? How would we answer that? The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26. Know where you are headed and you will stay on solid ground. When we think about what we aim to do with our lives, that inevitably ought to involve our seeking to be people who share our faith with Jesus. Maybe especially those people that we know, but also those people that are in those surrounding people groups. The Jerusalem bit are the people that are in and around where we are. That was what it was for the people back then. But who are those also a little bit further afield in the Judea, the Samaria, and then to the very ends of the earth. I hope that part of our prayer would be that we would seek to be infectious as a part of what our life's mission is, what our life's purpose is, that we would infect other people in terms of what we believe and in believe what we uh, have an opportunity to make known. Now, some of you will know that, uh, that my uh, son, Stephen, uh, plays guitar. He sings. You may well have seen him busking and around town from time to time. Uh, he went in for his first ever uh, singing competition just over a week ago. And a few of you may well have, if you're into Facebook, have, have looked that up and been able to download the link to see his performance and then place a, a like against that link. Now, I'm not on Facebook, so it doesn't mean a great deal for me uh, to me. 
but I, I went along obviously to support uh, uh, my son down in Portland who was doing this event and I'm pleased to say he's got through to the next round so, so that was good Stephen's uh, had a variety of different struggles over recent years and even just half an hour before he was due to, uh, to sing uh, he wasn't feeling well he was sick with nerves and so he, he didn't think that he'd given his best shot but anyway he's managed to get through now how did you get through well there were some voting on the night but then the rest of the voting was occurring through people being able to see via facebook and other things like that uh, out there you could see his performance the other different um uh, singer's performance and, and as you watch that performance, if that was the one that you liked, then you can click online uh, from having watched that. And of course, when uh, you pass that on to your friends, what do your friends do? Oh, you really ought to actually um, see this particular song. You really ought to. And so word goes around. It's quite infectious. Within one week, any idea how many people watched the three-minute video of my son singing a song? in a pub in Portland. Nearly 10,000. Nearly 10,000. And it was only singing a song. We have the capacity in this day and age, in, with social media particularly, not that I'm that privy to that or that hot on that, but there is that opportunity, isn't there? And certainly for Stephen's friends, families, and I guess those people who are into that sort of thing, if you're passionate about something, you make it known. And that was just a singing competition. Now, obviously, I'm proud dad and would love Steve to do well. But, wow, we have something so much more important, don't we? So much higher that we value that it would be so great for ourselves, hopefully, to see uh, get out to those people that we know. There is the opportunity and there is uh, the potential. Um, our mission we were thinking about this morning is uh, infectious. Our theme for the year is 2020 vision, seeing God clearly. In order that we might do that, we're reflecting on our different values uh, of a, uh, for ourselves as a church. So we thought about the importance of our believing, that's central, that kickstarts us off. We've looked at the value of worshipping and of praying uh, and of belonging and last week of serving. And this week now uh, we're thinking about the value of witnessing. It's there as one of our values because you can't ignore it in scripture. And when we see how the early church uh, unfolded and developed and grew, by and large that happened because they're in and around the mar- marketplace and, and day after day they went from door to door. They were chattering uh, the, the, uh, the good news, as Michael Green uh, once uh, called it. And we're to be that infectious in whatever way is culturally relevant today. It may well not be as it used to be some years ago, standing on a soapbox and, uh, and uh, proclaiming something out on the street. But that use of social media for the next generation particularly, what an opportunity. And of course, a load of Christians are involved in doing that. But I wonder how we feel when we think of our own responsibility to sharing our faith. Uh, Now, you may well think, well, it's fine for you to say, Roger, because you speak to people all the time. So this must be very easy. No, it's not, actually. I find it very difficult, particularly the one to one uh, opportunity of of how do you create that that safe conversation? I don't I think that that comes uh, very easily to me. Others are a lot more gifted 
uh, in that uh, area. Although this isn't that comfortable standing up here, in one sense I can say what, whatever I want to you, but when it's a one-to-one conversation you have no idea what somebody's uh, going to uh, uh, throw in as a starting uh, point. So we, but we were thinking this morning about the difficulty that we uh, feel about that, about maybe our own fears, about the mistakes that we've made, or maybe opportunities that we've prayed for and then we've not taken them when God has handed them to us on a plate. And we felt so bad about that. I hope this evening is going to act as an encouragement to you. Because however we're wired, the, the, the command that Jesus said about you will be my witnesses remains true. That um, great commission that Jesus gave to go into all the world and make disciples is still true. It's not that we should all be loud mouths uh, and able to do that. It's that we are each able to do that or willing to do that in the way that God has made you, in the place where God has placed you. And as we've already heard through the different uh, mediums that, that um Uh, that Bushy has shared when he was out in Kenya. What opportunities to be be a witness there through meeting a practical need, through helping in education, through supporting a family, through the donation of finance. There's a whole variety of being a witness already. Sorry about uh, 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 embarrassing you, Bushy, but it was just flowing out. I had no idea what Bushy was going to say. And then bringing matters closer to home, that friendship group that Dave was talking about. The opportunities there. Each of us have got this opportunity, haven't we, to respond in a positive way about what it means to be a witness. We're not all going to be the Apostle Paul. And isn't it a good job too? Because some people would not connect with an Apostle Paul at all. But maybe for someone like Dorcas, who was known for doing good. Maybe quite a quieter person is my sense from what we read uh, in Scripture. But she had that reputation and was actively involved in her own witness. Others, it would be inviting people into their home, wasn't it? Whatever it is that you feel comfortable about, just be involved and allow yourself to be used by God in a way that you are comfortable without feeling squeezed into being a particular mould. Oh dear, I need to witness. That means I need to bang somebody over the head with John 3.16 tomorrow. That's not what it says. So, our mission is to be infectious. We thought about uh, that this morning. We also thought about the importance of us accepting that mission. It's one thing to know that there is a mission uh, for us. It's another thing to accept that mission, isn't it? Paul actually said this. He said in Romans 10 verse 14, How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And of course the answer is, unless we tell them, Who will? Who will? Because we live in an age now where I can remember being at Bible college between 1990 and 1993, uh, where there was something that we discovered that we heard about uh, called the Engel scale, developed by, surprise, surprise, Mr. Engel. Engel, Brilliant. Yes. Well done, Dave. It wasn't a competition. It's all right. (laughs) By Mr. Engel. uh, From the people were between stages one and ten. Ten being somebody who was uh, ready to actually accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. And one would be somebody that didn't really have any connection with any Christian at all, didn't go to church, etc., etc. Now that was back in the early 90s. Now we've discovered people's starting point is probably about minus five or minus six. Because people don't have a church background, do they? 
people don't know uh, the Bible stories. It's interesting how often sometimes somebody from the front will, will say, well, and as we all know, David said, and I'm sat there thinking, no, we don't all know. There was a, a quiz uh, on, uh, on TV uh, that was uh, showing some of the outtakes of, uh, of a particular quiz programme of when things had gone wrong. And the question was, who were Richard and Judy? Now, I didn't watch Good Morning TV or whatever, but they were hosts on a, a TV programme in the mornings. The answer, who was Richard and Judy? Ah, I know that, said the young man. They were the ones who were the first people on the earth. <laughs> Serious answer to the question. You'd be quite staggered about how few people know of the Easter story. We had the Lord's Prayer said this evening. I know whenever I take a funeral now, unless the words are printed on the outline... Most people will not know the Lord's Prayer. And we can think, oh, surely that can't be right. Oh yeah, certainly for the under 40s. It's not taught in school. <clears throat> Where would they know? And Paul asked that question in, when he was speaking to the church at Rome. How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? There was plan A only. And God said, I want to use you. To tell other people about me. But we need to be people saying, okay, count me in on that. However awkward we might feel, and however much we feel this is out of our comfort zone. We need to recognise that this mission is not yet complete. We can act very often as if we are already there. One of my uh, concerns about us having a new building um, as a church after our 40 year wait was that some of the, the different things that we're involved in as a church, we might then move into this new building, which is an incredible gift of God, but then think, ah, isn't that nice? Now we can sit back because the work is done. And yet, of course, the reality is, we are the first church in Painbury, so the work is only just beginning, isn't it? Literally just beginning to scratch the surface because most people in Poundbury will have no connection with any particular church at all. Our personal status, our home comforts, those little luxuries, they can all distract us for why we are here, for the mission that we are here for. God's mission for his world can sometimes just become an, uh, uh, an, an add-on for the enthusiastic ones in church. Jesus warned us that the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, pleasures and they do not mature in Luke chapter 8. I wonder how many of us feel that we are as infectious and as on fire now as we were when we first came to faith. Uh, I was um, in Saint, working for Sainsbury's when I became a Christian in my late uh, teens. I thought you'd be impressed. And um, uh, I can remember being just so excited with this newfound faith. It, I knew nothing at all, really, other than the bare uh, bones, the bare basics. But such was the, the just incredible turnaround of what God had done in my life. I, I couldn't stop speaking uh, about, you know, about, uh, about Jesus. And I have no idea now how I got on with conversations and debates and arguments and questions because I didn't know anything at all. 
But the church that I was a part of started praying for Mission Sainsbury's. Can you believe that? Uh, because they, they were hearing about, you know, there was two or three of us then that were Christians there. Uh, and there was, there, was some, there was some positive things that occurred. I was probably the least effective, but, uh, but the most enthusiastic. But what about now? Because we're still called, regardless of our age, to be infectious, aren't we? There's something that we have got might be caught by others through the way that we live our lives, through the way that we share, how we speak, but also in what we communicate about that which we believe in. If the mission is not yet complete, which it can't be while there's even just one person to reach, then there is a role for you and for me to help achieve that. And that should encourage and fuel us on that, yes, count me in. I want to be one of those infectious people. Recognise that this mission mission is not yet complete. We've already prayed and uh, Jill has uh, helpfully encouraged us in that sense of praying for people out there with a good missional uh, focus. And, but it's important that we do pray for the mission. But it's, it's important as well, I think, to, to see how scripture teaches us and leads us when we think about prayer and mission. The two go hand in hand. To just go out there and try to conquer the world on our own is probably asking for disastrous results, isn't it? Prayer involves one who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. That's what the Bible says about God. Prayer can't be stopped either, can it? Like our conversations can. It may well be that even if we're trying to fumble out some kind of answer or response or something we're wanting to interject, somebody's saying, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Uh, somebody this morning actually uh, uh, said to me, oh, uh, they said, in our previous church, uh, we used to do door-to-door evangelism. Remember those, uh, uh, those days? And one particular door that somebody from our church uh, went to, there was two people from the church that went to the door. The person that answered the door after the introduction saying, that, oh, we're from the local church, whatever it was they said. And the guy who answered the door then took down uh, from uh, just a, above the, the shelf, I don't know why you're laughing, Jill, but a sword, and put it to the throat of the other person that had not, uh, not spoken. So uh, you're telling me then if I was to slit your friend's throat, he would go to heaven right now. And there's a pause. And the guy who had the sword held in his throat said, Yes, but I don't want to go yet. (laughs) What a challenge. Well, conversations can be stopped. That conversation was stopped, I think, pretty quickly. But our prayers can't be stopped. Nobody can stop you from praying, can they? People can refuse our showing love or concern, but they can't defend the power of prayer which if we persevere can, uh, can result like a missile sent upon a target from 10,000 miles away. Prayer is always key in mission. But not just, dear God, please save Jimmy. Dear God, please convert Julie, whatever it is. And if your name happens to be one of those people, well, it is, we've got Julie here at the back. Sorry, Julia. And uh, was nothing personal there. Um, It's beyond that. What does scripture teach about prayer? Prayer is key in mission. I certainly wish I was better at it, but bless you for those of you that are. The Bible tells us to pray for opportunities to witness in Colossians chapter 4, verse 3. So when we think about 
our own sharing our faith, we ought to also pray for opportunities to witness. Romans chapter 1 verse 10, we read there about there being prayer for courage to speak up. To pray for courage for God's people to speak up. That we need a bit of extra courage and bottle and nerve and strength sometimes when we think, I don't know what to say. We're also encouraged to pray for those who will believe in John chapter 17. We're to pray for the rapid spread of the Christian message in Ephesians chapter 19. We're to pray for more to be involved in mission in Matthew chapter 9 verse 38. There's no record of any verse that says pray for a particular individual to be converted. But you know what? If I actually pray for a family member to be converted, then I haven't got to say anything about what I believe to them at all, have I? We can maybe at times use that as a little bit of a copay if we're not careful. I'm not suggesting that we don't pray for non-believing family and friends and neighbours. Of course not. As long as we don't use that as well. Now I've done my bit. Now I actually haven't got to say a word. Because we're still called to be a witness. And as we've rightfully sung, there is a gospel to proclaim. Pray to be infectious in our mission. God expects us, doesn't he, to be infectious. Back in the book of Exodus, God's people then resounded in a very enthusiastic manner in Exodus chapter 19, verse 8. We will do whatever the Lord has said. And they didn't. But let's just take it at the response they gave. If I was to say to you this evening, will you do whatever the Lord says to you? You know what the right answer is. You can't really say anything else, can you? We have to say, yes. Well, what did Jesus say? Well, we read it in the book of Acts, didn't we? You will be my witnesses. That's what he said to his followers. You. No, not that person over there. No, you. All of us. If we're somebody who claims to be a Christian. You will tell everyone about me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and everywhere in the world. Jerusalem was their own community. Think about people that are in your own community. Judea, well, what was their Judea? Judea was their own country. Samaria was those of a different culture. And everywhere in the world was... Those everywhere in the world. Dave kept his lips <laughs> shut then, didn't you, Dave? Oh, bless him. So there's, there's, all, there's like four people groups. Most of us have a particular bias for those that we know, obviously. And we kind of understand that because there's relationship... But let's not do that at, 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 to the cost or the sacrifice of forgetting those other people groups out and beyond. So great that we've actually heard tonight what God is doing in Kenya and there being an opportunity to have a small part uh, to play uh, there. I guess uh, there are times when many of us feel we haven't been infectious at all. Every now and then I might read something or hear something and, and it's a, bigger, a bit of a trigger again about, oh, what am I doing in terms of on the front line? 
of making a difference to a particular individual. Or I wonder what the last opportunity was that I can remember taking and and really stepping up a gear, really, and proclaiming something about whatever the issue was, but for me as a Christian, da-da-da-da, or whatever. And sometimes we can feel a bit bad about that. Refuse to be guilty, if that's possible. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I think it's okay if we've prayed for an opportunity and God has given us one and we've blown it. I think it's okay to say, sorry God, I know I blew out. I got that wrong. I, I just... I just couldn't do it. But then leave it there because the moment that we've uttered that genuine confession, it's gone. To live under that condemnation is not very helpful and it's certainly not very biblical when Paul encourages us that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. The moment something's forgiven, then leave it with the Lord. Tell God how you feel about this subject of witnessing. Tell him how hard you find it. Tell him what's at the root of your struggles. Tell him those times where you feel that you've blown it. Do you think he doesn't know? What he longs for is for you and I to be real with him. Some of you with grandchildren or children, you will probably have known what's gone on in their world. But don't you just delight for them to come clean? Or to say, come on, tell me, what is it? And then a line can be drawn and you can move on. So it is, maybe, with the Lord. It's okay to acknowledge that maybe we could have done better, this, that and the other. But then let it go. And then let's come afresh again. Asking God to help us in this whole area. Whereby we might seek opportunities to be infectious. Dave's already mentioned one opportunity that we've all got now on Friday afternoon. An opportunity to maybe bring a friend to just hear and befriend people at what's called a friendship club. That doesn't sound that threatening, does it? Of course, there are other times when the cafe is open. I know there's a Scrabble group and stuff like that uh, that meets. Why not meet somebody here for coffee instead of paying for it down the road? We've got those little orange bricks that are on a, a piece of, ta- uh, of a, a table there about the different things that people can serve in church. It may well be that somebody says, what's all that about? What do you tell them? It's just the different things that go on here, different opportunities that people have got to be a part of church life here. Or maybe above the servery, where those, those different five words of what are key to us as a church, worshipping, belonging, serving, sharing and growing. I think that's a five. Sometimes I've sat there and said, what are those words all about? And there begins a conversation. Sometimes you don't know where it's going to come from. But when that moment is there, then maybe seek to take that. For those of you in Melrose Court next door, what a great opportunity during the week to think, you know, there's a church next door. Do you want to come with me? I know some of you have probably already done that. And it's very easy, isn't it, for us to think, oh, but, but they would never come if I invited them. I'll tell you this, they won't ever come if you don't. We've had things like special occasions or a carol service or baptism celebrations and things like that and try to encourage people that at that particular time is the sort of time when people may well come. Oh, they would never. Oh, they're, they're not religious. They would never. I've been blown away the times where people have then come back and said, Do you know what? They came. I, I never thought in a million years, particularly for a, a baptism or something like that, if it's a, a special occasion, 
Well, they want to honour that person, so they come anyway. And of course, that for some people can be the first time that might lead to something else. Cafe Church that I mentioned, for one person that they came in, they said, I've been going past every week and I've heard the singing. And they still want to come. I mean, it's quite staggering, isn't it? The way that God moves, really. Couldn't have been me on the microphone, don't think, Clara, that week. And so they walked in for that other lady that, uh, that I mentioned earlier, who was just looking, I quote, for somewhere to belong. The door was open, so she came in. And we were having what's called Cafe Church. Great opportunity. And it just may well be somebody that you chat with this week that there's an opportunity for you to share something with them to that end. It's just popped in my mind about uh, uh, remembering Bruce tomorrow. Not everybody here will necessarily know Bruce, um, but uh, we've not specifically prayed for Bruce. Um, Bruce's dad died recently, and um, and I'm mindful of this being recorded, but... uh, Uh, Bruce's dad loved the Lord. So the good news is uh, Michael is with Jesus right now. I have absolute confidence with that. And so does Bruce. And Bruce was there at his bedside praying uh, with him. Uh, But Bruce has been asked to to take that service uh, tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow afternoon. Please remember, Bruce, there will be a lot of people that will be there that don't necessarily share his dad's faith or share anywhere near that world view. Bruce has got to be very careful to honour those present, but actually be very clear about the fact that his dad wanted a Christian funeral and for that hope that he's got to be spoken of. But that is an opportunity that Bruce has got, isn't it? Tomorrow, an opportunity. Let's just pause to pray for Bruce. I think that would be good. Father God, We just want to step aside for one moment. We've spoken about prayer. We've spoken about the opportunities that you create for an opening for the gospel message, for a spread of the gospel message. We pray for your anointing upon Bruce and we pray that you might speak powerfully through him. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, where was it? Let's move on. Okay, two more things I want to say before uh, we finish. I'm really thrown because that clock, I think, is completely different. Is that clock right or wrong? It's wrong, isn't it? What's the time? Is it already? Okay. Two things I want to close with. That says 10 to 7, you see. That's not my fault then, is it? It's not my fault at all. I thought, I'm pretty sure it's going to be further on than that. Okay, two things in closing. We mentioned these this morning. We need to rely on God's Holy Spirit. That's really important. It's not all down to us. The moment we hear about witness, oh, I could never do that. What are we saying? Oh, this must be all down to me because I could never do it. No, you couldn't. That's why God has given his Holy Spirit. To lead us, to guide us. And in fact, on one occasion when Jesus spoke to his disciples, when they were maybe a bit nervy about what to say, it's in Mark's Gospel. You can never remember if it's 11.13 or 13.11. Read all of Mark's Gospel and you'll find it. And maybe somebody will share over, over coffee. Jesus said, 
when you when at any particular moment you, you've got then something that you should be saying but you're worried about what to say don't worry because at that moment my spirit will give you the words to say what an encouragement and what a reassurance that it's not ordained to us that takes all the pressure away doesn't it but we need to ask God by his spirit to be gracious to us to fill us to equip us that's so important isn't it Maybe this evening we can pray for one another. For those that you trust, maybe uh, to just quickly to pray for one another about a fresh outpouring of God's Holy Spirit where you need that uh, most. But lastly, we need an eternal perspective, don't we? I was thinking this week about how much of my diary is consumed with the here and now. And that's important. Of course it is. And it's important to be salt and light in the here and now, to seek and make, to make a difference in the here and now. But actually, God's word says this. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Elsewhere, we're encouraged to be heavenly minded, to have that eternal perspective. So where is it that those people that we know and love are going to be spending eternity? May it not ever be said of them to you one day why didn't you tell me and let's not dwell too much on how bleak that makes us feel that sometimes it takes something quite graphic for us to grab hold of the reality that if we don't tell those people that we know or at least ask for opportunities to share something then how else are they going to know we need that eternal perspective don't we May God grant us that. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for Jesus and for his promise to equip us in this task of making you known. Sometimes we have no idea how to do it or what to say. Help us to be honest if we don't know the answers to questions. We can always find those out. Help us to seek to be a friend. Help us to provide a listening ear. Help us to be gracious. Help us to start where people are at in their journey. Father, we pray for that fresh anointing from your precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.